Do you remember a few years ago, uh, Spotify uh, acquired the Joe Rogan Experience? That's a podcast. I'm assuming if you listen to podcasts, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So Spotify acquired the Joe Rogan Podcast. And that wasn't just some like little thing that, you know, one day somebody at Spotify is like, hey, uh, I got an idea. Let's buy the Joe Rogan Podcast. And then... That was on a Tuesday, and then Wednesday, they went and got the money, wrote the check, and bought the Joe Rogan podcast. That didn't happen, obviously. What happened instead was like a whole process. It came from an idea, no doubt, that somebody had inside of Spotify, I imagine, and they were like, man, this Joe Rogan guy, he's tearing up YouTube, getting a lot of big numbers. We should acquire him and you know make it uh, uh, exclusive to Spotify or however Spotify does acquisitions, like what the whole purpose of it is. Because uh, I do notice some shows that they're exclusive, like maybe like the first 24 hours or something like that, it'll drop on Spotify first and then it'll come out everywhere else later. I'm, I'm not really sure, actually, to tell you the truth. The point is, the acquisition is more so what I'm focusing on. So from the time that the person at Spotify was like, yeah, we should do this all the way until the time that, you know, there was some ink on some paper finalizing a deal. A whole entire process had to happen. A whole project got created and managed from like beginning until the end when it was official and things were announced and all that other stuff. That's what I want to talk about today with a focus on the 365 suite, of course, because you know how I do. Um... And I want to talk about this team that I imagine, because I don't know anybody at Spotify. I'm just, you know, this is all <laughs> me guessing what would happen in the acquisition process. Um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that process. And I want to talk about it from like an organization that maybe Spotify was using the 365 suite. And here's how they would have did it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SharePoint Help Desk Podcast. I am your host, Thurman. I really appreciate you being here. This is the podcast where I speak about SharePoint, but I speak about SharePoint strategies. I try not to get too deep into the tech because, you know, you could get that elsewhere, like on YouTube or whatever. Um, and the tech is great. But before we get to the tech, I like to talk about the strategy. So why are you even using the tech? How to use the tech? What What's the outcome that we're looking for? That's what I talk about on this show um, with a focus on SharePoint. I'm a SharePoint guy. Um, but I also talk about other tools inside of the suite. So appreciate you being here, especially to some new listeners. I, I've, been, I've been checking my numbers, and um, I, see this, this, I see there's a new set of people coming in. My numbers are going up a little bit. If you're new, welcome. Um, I'm glad to have you here. Spread the word and all that. If you like the show. I want you to pull a friend to the side and say, listen, you need to listen to the SharePoint Help Desk podcast because of X, Y, and Z. Like, I mean genuinely. If you really find some value here and you think it's dope, tell a friend to tell a friend. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. Let's talk about this acquisition process. So, during an acquisition, all types of things has to happen. Like, there's a whole... Uh, Depending on how big the acquisition is and depending on who's available, you know, what your resources look like and stuff like that, a whole lot of things happen. There's like a, a, there's the idea. So once you have the idea, then it's like, you know, we need to 
I don't know, run it up to the boss and get approval or or whatever. There's there's strategy, there's planning, you know what I mean? There's a whole like due diligence process, uh, a bunch of negotiation, uh, tons of documents, I imagine, the bigger the acquisition. Uh, there's shareholders involved doing that type of stuff. There's tasks, uh, all types of things involved in an acquisition, right? And you got to think about it like uh, we're using the Spotify example. But just if you watch Shark Tank, when when a show comes on, when a when a business comes on Shark Tank, they're looking for investors. That investment process sometimes it elevates, it gets a little crazy, and they're just like, "Look, I want to buy the whole business." Pretty much an acquisition. It's not just you know, it's not all fun and games and th- uh, theatrics that we see on Shark Tank. After this happens after this shark tank happens behind the scenes a whole thing happens like what i'm talking about right now <clears throat> like what i'm talking about right now pardon me so let's get back to this example the way that i want to couch this is basically what happens when you create a microsoft when you create a team inside of microsoft teams the reason i'm doing that is because that's what i expect the person who's in charge of this acquisition to do if spotify is using the microsoft 365 suite then i imagine like most organizations who are using it they go they run the teams they have found the value in what teams can do for them which is give them a nice central location to manage all their stuff for for an office or for an effort you know what i mean long-term effort short-term effort whatever there's you got just this one area that's user controlled where they get to put any and everything related to the um, uh, to, to the to the effort, but normally they just deal with the the files area and the posts where you chat. So first, let me tell you what happens when you create a team. So you go to Microsoft Teams. Uh, you're getting preparing for this acquisition. You ran it up to the big boss. Big boss says yes. Let's do it. You now go to Teams. And you've already gotten a word of who you're going to be working with. So you go to teams. You create a team called maybe Joe Rogan Acquisition or you call it JRA to keep it short. Um, and then maybe put Joe Rogan Acquisition in the, in the description. Whatever. However you want to do it. You name the team. We're going to say JRA. We name the team JRA. And when we create that team, automatically you get the regulars you get a general channel that's a channel is uh, built into every teams you get a files tab where it's basically a document library where you host all your documents and then you get a post section the post section is actually first the post section is where you do all of your chatting like social media basically the files tab is where all of your documents go so that you get off top now in addition to that you automatically get a M365 group created. That happens immediately behind the scenes. So if I have just created a team called JRA, if I created a team called JRA, a M365 group is created inside of the 365 suite, you know, inside of the environment called JRA. I'll get back to what the significance of that means. You also get my favorite a SharePoint site. That SharePoint site is called JRA. You get a OneNote notebook. 
And the way you'll see this is on that same SharePoint site, there's going to be a link on the side that says um, notebook, I believe. And you click on that, that will open up a OneNote notebook that just automatically comes with um, when you create the teams, when you create the team. Then uh, you also get an inbox, like an email inbox with um, an actual email address and a group calendar. You access those uh, through, through Outlook. So those come uh, automatically created when you created a Teams. When you created a team. I keep saying Teams because Microsoft has this great, does this great job of naming things, these basic names. <laughs> like Microsoft Teams and inside of Teams you create a team. So forgive me. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah. Now I used to. Okay. I did. I know. I remember I said on social media uh, on LinkedIn that you also get a planner board. That might only be for some older environments that are not updating their stuff. Uh, they haven't gotten an update yet. Mainly government. Because there was a time when you created a team, it did automatically come with a planner board. But that doesn't seem to be the experience anymore. That's not happening. Um, what actually happens is, like I said, you get this group, this 365 group. And then you can go create a planner board with that group what the group basically is so so wait let me let me make this make sense you have just created the team and you get all those things that i mentioned now you know in the process of creating a team they're gonna say all right start adding members to, to this team when you have already you've already added yourself the big boss is giving you to go ahead to work with like 12 other people because this is a pretty big deal you start adding those 12 people to your team what you're also doing is adding those 12 people to the Microsoft 365 group that just got created as well. You're also giving those people the access to that inbox that I just talked about. The inbox, the email address, the group calendar. It will appear inside of those folks' um, uh, Outlook. It will be there. So if you call the JRA and you go to Outlook and you scroll down to the group section, you'll see a... Under the group section, you'll see something that says JRA. You click on JRA, and it'll show you um, it, it'll, it'll show you the inbox. You'll get a, an official uh, beginning email, and then you'll have links to the group calendar and some settings. That's all there. You can do that inside of Outlook. Um, now, because you've been adding people to this 365 group, you now have this group that's just existing and you can do different things with it so for instance you don't get the planner board automatically microsoft planner where you you know plan your tasks you don't get that automatically anymore but you can take the m365 group the 12 people you just added in there and say all right i want to create what's called uh tasks by planner and to do so it brings all your tasks in from those um, apps to do and planner and if you create one of those based off of you you have the option of saying all right i want to create a new uh i want to create a i want to add the app tasks by planner and to do and i want to do it off of a existing group and that existing group is jra that's how you would handle that because remember 
you have created a group, which is great. A group, the way you use groups inside of the environment is pretty, uh, pretty handy. Matter of fact, that's another episode. I can get into, you know, creating groups and using them all through the environment. But you, you would then add uh, 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 tasks by planner and to do. So at this point, you're getting ready to do this acquisition. You've been given the go-ahead. You got your 12 team members. And just from creating that teams, here's what you got. I'm going to repeat. You got a SharePoint site. You got an M365 group. You got a OneNote notebook. You got an inbox that has email and a group calendar. And then you you have the uh, files tab, which is going to host all your documents. You got that general channel, you know, where you can do all your posting, your, your talking to each other, all your communicating. And um, that's, that's, that's what you got. That's how you're rolling out the gate. All just from going to teams and creating a team. And then you want to throw in the task by planner and to do. And that doesn't have to be separate. It, it can be added directly to your team that you just created, a JRA team. Okay. So with all that said, let's talk about this acquisition and how you would use these tools that I just talked about to move from beginning to end or different ways you could use them. So let's talk about the due diligence portion, right? At the beginning of this process, you're going to have to do your due diligence. I've never had to do any due diligence because <laughs> I've never acquired another organization. But I know that due diligence means what it sounds like. It's like a lot, especially the, the more detailed and the, the, the bigger the deal that this thing is, you're going to have to do a lot of due diligence. And what comes along with due diligence? Tons and tons of documents. And a bunch of information. So immediately, that document library that comes with your teams, with your team, sorry, <laughs> that immediately becomes valuable because now you're getting all these documents, you're throwing them all into uh, the document library that came with your team. Put them all in there. Now, I can give you some quick tips that just dumping all the documents in there, probably not the most efficient thing to do. I personally, when I'm recommending to my clients to, you know, when they're creating their library, not just to add metadata, which again, we could go into that in another show, but also I like to add a description field, put the description field there so that you could explain why this document is even important to me. So if one of the documents you got shows all the, um, the guests, let's say for some reason Joe Rogan was keeping track of all the guests that came on the show and he put it in one document. If you upload that, you could put in the description field, which is another column that sits next to the name of the document inside of Teams, inside of the team library. Say this, uh, find all of the guests and their information uh, that ever appeared on the Joe Rogan show. Easy, simple. You know what I'm saying? Maybe the uh, the... The name of the document said guest info. And yeah, that might tell you a little bit of information. But then in the description, you could put all of the guests and their contact information. All of the guests that ever appeared on the Joe Rogan show and their contact information. You could put that in the description. So then I could read that real quick before I decide to even open this document. Just another, that's just a quick tip for you and your document libraries. So document library automatically becomes valuable because you're doing all this due diligence and now it's one place that you put all the documents. You know what I mean? Now you're not just gathering documents, you're gathering information. 
the two things, the two core things about SharePoint is document libraries and lists. And document libraries hold documents and files, whatever you call them, lists hold information. So let's go back to that guest uh, situation, like where you have all the guests that have appeared on the show. Maybe you don't, maybe he has that, um, let's say in a spreadsheet for some reason. Not even for some reason. That would be a good place to have all that information. But you want to not you want to not clutter up the library with a bunch of documents. If anything can be in a list, you're going to pull it out and make it a list. So you could easily take that spreadsheet with all of the guest information, import it into SharePoint, and now you have a SharePoint list that you can, you know, manage individually these folks uh, who've been uh, uh, guests on the show. Now, the cool thing about that is, okay, that wouldn't go in a document library, because a document library is for files. It would go in a list. But guess what you can do with that list? You can add that list to the JRA team. So at the very top where you see it says posts, of the very top of the team where you see it says posts, you do all your chat in there. We see it says files, you add all your document there. Then the next tab could be when you add this list and call it uh, guest information. And then when somebody clicks on that tab, they just see a list of all these guests, you know what I'm saying, and their contact information. That thing, that also, that's a technical thing that I probably could sh uh, show better than I could tell. But just know lists are for information, document, I mean, uh, libraries are for documents. So, boom, on your team, you now have uh, all the documents you, you got from due diligence, and you got maybe a couple lists from other information you got from doing your due diligence. You collecting and collecting, collecting, collecting. Another part of this acquisition process is going to be uh, uh, negotiations, right? So tons of things are going to be going on with these negotiations. It's probably going to be meetings. And my recommendation for meeting notes is OneNote. I think OneNote is, <laughs> I love OneNote. In OneNote, you could have just one section dedicated to all of the meetings that you take um, and you need to track this stuff. So you... You have, I don't know, three or four meetings where, where you're negotiating, trying to figure stuff out, and you got a note taker, and they're taking all that information. Put it in the OneNote. Put it all inside of the OneNote. And everybody who has access to the team will be able to look through all those notes, you know, uh, maybe add comments if they need to. Not the, not the um, traditional comments like on social media or in other applications inside of the suite, but just they can add notes to your notes. Just notes on notes on notes. You understand what I'm saying? So it, it, it's a beautiful thing. If you have a situation where you're going to be tracking notes, not just meeting notes, for some reason you're just writing. You have notes to take. You have things to write. Use OneNote and use it because it will give you a very structured thing to, to, to do that in. So there's going to be negotiations. You definitely want to capture all that information inside of the OneNote that came with the JRA team. There's integration planning and execution, right? That's also a part of the uh, 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 acquisition process. So how are we going to integrate? Let's talk about this. Let's, let's create a plan. What are we going to do? That's another use of OneNote. Capture all the notes on how you're going to do this. Then there's the execution portion. When the execution portion comes about, you need to capture that stuff in OneNote too. But the actual execution that happens should probably be put in various tasks like should be broken down into tasks and this is where 
we would talk about what I was saying earlier, uh, tasks by planner and to do. I mean, that's literally the name of the app tasks by planner and to do <laughs> could have had a better name, but whatever. Anyway, you, this is where you're going to add all the tasks, uh, that come out for the execution. And again, everyone has access to it. You can assign it to whoever you need to assign it to. And you know, there's the overall view. There's your view technical thing we don't need to get into because i can't show it to you by talking to you through this uh uh medium obviously but just know the tasks and planner uh app that's where you would put all of the tasks that come out of not just the execution but just everything that needs to get done you're gonna have to track them somewhere put it all inside of the the the, the that task app now remember i said you also get an inbox with an email and group calendar, right? So let's talk about the email. Now, you're going to be doing a lot of communication with um, out, folks outside of the organization, mainly the Joe Rogan team. The easiest and fastest way to do that is something like email. So every person working on working in Spotify that's on this team, the 12 people, they all have this inbox. They can send email from it. They can read emails that come in from it. So all communication can happen from that inbox. It doesn't have to be uh, Jermaine on his own sending an email to some like uh, a team member on Joe Rogan's team. Instead, you send the email from that group inbox. Uh, and you can probably sign it with your name so they know who specifically they're talking to. But they'll respond, you'll get an email back, and inside of that group email, everyone can see it. Everybody can see what's going on with the email traffic, right? Um, so that's great. Then you have that calendar, that group calendar. On the group calendar, now you want to put, like, whatever major dates are happening. So uh, the due diligence period, that's probably going to be... When you're doing your due diligence, it's not going to be a one-time thing. You know what I mean? It ain't going to be like well, we just did due diligence for one day. This, it's going to be a period. So you want to put, you know, here's the start date, here's the end date. It's going to be a lot of that. Because um, let's say you're getting shareholders involved uh, because it's a big deal. Shareholders, maybe there's a date that you're going to get shareholder approval. Or you can see, you can mark down, well, here's the first shareholder meeting Here's a th the second one, and here's the third. Put that on the group calendar. What date is this all supposed to be finished? Put that on the calendar. That's closing date. Uh, remember I was talking earlier about planning and, and uh, execution? Well, when is this supposed to all happen? Put that on the calendar. All important dates. Throw them things on the calendar. And again, the purpose is so that everyone can see it. You know what? Let me harp on that real quick. Because I'm actually done. I'm done talking about this whole uh, process. The, the folks at Spotify opened up a team, got everything that they needed. They added the, the tasks by planner and to do. And, and they could have used Microsoft Project if, the, if you've paid for that. If you got the license for Microsoft Project, that's in the suite as well. You could use that. But if not, you could use tasks by planner and to do. Um, they're knocking it out of the park. But for, for anybody who is new, I have to say this because this is also the most important thing. It's always the most important thing. Everything I just said doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything I just said doesn't matter unless 
those 12 people that I'm talking about are working as a team. None of this technical stuff matters. It's the people that matter. So if you have three people on a team that think they're ready to outshine the team and they're going to only send emails from their inbox or they're not going to communicate inside of teams with everybody or they're not going to put the documents that they might have uh, come about some other way, they're not going to drop it inside of the library for everybody else to see. That type of stuff, technology is not going to fix. That's not a technology problem. That's a people problem. So leadership or whoever, the person in charge of the team, something needs to be done about that or everything I'm talking about is not going to matter. It's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like you need you need to have people doing what people need to do in order for the technology to support what you're doing. That's how it works. And don't forget that. Now me and my, I just remembered something. I talked about what all these apps could do Except the, 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 my, my favorite thing, SharePoint. <laughs> so I did talk about SharePoint lists and I talk about SharePoint libraries. But here's the thing about SharePoint. What, what came with your team when you created it was a SharePoint site, right? And this SharePoint site is literally a website. Guess what you could do with this website? Let's say that the acquisition has finished. When everything is finished, you can create a Joe Rogan acquisition website and put everything that was involved on that website and and make it an archive, not an archive, but make it a resource for, I don't know, the next year and a half when there's a new acquisition coming up and there's going to be a new person leading that team that's going to do the acquisition. They have access to the site and can get deep into what happened. They can see the documents, um, which is cool. They could see the tasks that went into it. They could see who was involved. They could see like a list of point of contact, points of contacts. Wait, point of contacts. No, no, no. Points of contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could see <laughs> a list of points of contact. <laughs> Wait a minute. Am I saying that right? They could see points of contact. That's all you need to know. They can see points of contact, right? And all of these things are valuable, but things that I also recommend is when you have this kind of like a, a, a project that started and ended, you should also spin up Microsoft Stream. This is this is a Microsoft's version of YouTube. Spin up Microsoft Stream. Have the person who was in charge record a couple videos that talk about this project. They talk about you know what it was like working on the acquisition who would, uh, they had on the team, maybe interview some people from the team, talk about you know some nuances that you need to remember, say, hey, make sure when you look in the document library, here are some main documents that you definitely need to look at. Stuff like that. And then post that video on the, the JRA um, resource site. These things are valuable because even with all the stuff that I talked about, having a list of the uh, projects and, I'm sorry, the tasks, and being able to see all the notes in OneNote and all the documents, that is great. But that stuff could be like overwhelming if nobody's like guiding you on how to even absorb this site. So have the project manager record a video going in depth about everything that happened and drop that right there on the site. Let that be like everybody comes to the home um, page of the company's intranet 
and there's a button there that says Joe Rogan acquisition. You click that, you go to this resource site, and you see all of this information. And the first thing you see, though, is this video explaining how to even absorb the stuff you're seeing here on the site. And how cool is that? How, how, I need someone to make me feel like that doesn't make any sense in order for me to come down off of this mountain. I think that's a great idea. That's how you should do things when you do a big thing inside of the organization and you capture it all in one situation, all in one area. Post it and leave it there as a, as a resource for us to use going forward so we can work efficiently. What am I missing if people are not doing that? I, I have to imagine either they don't know or leadership is not enforcing it or whatever. That's, a, again, another, another day, another dollar. Wrong saying. I just used the wrong saying, but it doesn't matter. Listen, I, I want I, I got to get out of here. You know, I don't like to keep these too long. But before I do, you know I got to do LinkedIn Love. This week on LinkedIn Love, well, hold on. Let me tell you what it is. During the week, I'm on LinkedIn every day. I post there every day. I love, love, love LinkedIn. I post useful information there every day. I try to do it in the morning, sometime, uh, uh, morning in the U.S., Sometimes I go late because, you know, days get busy and I don't batch my posts as a whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, something that catches my eye that moves me, that makes me be like, oh, man, this is crazy. Something that I just love that I think is dope. That's how I identify something for LinkedIn love. So this week for LinkedIn love, um, highlighting Natasha Wallstra. Um... Now, let me tell you about uh, 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 Natasha. Okay, if you go to Natasha's um, page, it says, own your voice. She says she's helping leaders become visible executives through strategy, podcasting, and book publishing. And then, you know, more details about what she talk about. But that's what she does. That's what, if you're looking for somebody that's doing these things, she's that. But I want to talk about what actually caught my eye, the specific thing. During the week, she caught a flat tire in like uh, some rural area in, um, where was it? Uh, I might get this wrong. I think it was South Carolina, right? And she explained how in the past she would have spiraled because of this. But her new mindset kept her from doing that. Right? So I was like, oh, okay, that's what's up. That's cool. You know what I mean? Then, later in the week, I saw another post where she took a picture of, like, some roses. And the roses, I believe, were in her front seat. And she was like, yo, this came from this tow truck company. You know what? I should have, dang, I should have remembered the tow truck company and given them some love here. But she said it came from a tow truck company. That had fixed her second tire that blew out this week. <laughs> so, yo, she had two tires go flat this week. And she went to the tow truck place. And this tow truck place hooked her up. They were very nice, whatever. But then dropped a set of roses. I think it was roses. Uh, it was flowers. In her front seat. And she was like, yo, this is so dope. After, like, the crazy situation for them to show this type of customer service. Uh, that's what's up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, I agree. I love cu- I love good customer service, but I love leveled up su- customer service because, first of all, I like it when it happens to me because I'm like all in. I'm like, yo, this is, 
that's really cool. I like that. You know what I mean? That's one thing. But then I also try to level up my customer service, and I like getting good ideas about good customer service. I would have never recommended a tow truck company add roses to their arsenal and drop it in their front seat. You know, let the customer be like, yo, that's what's up. They were nice, um, worked efficiently, got the job done, and hey, they topped it off with roses? <laughs> that's dope. And roses last like a week. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to, you know, she's going to keep the roses inside of her crib and then get reminded of them when she looks at the roses. And probably them tow truck folks are going to be top of mind the next time she recommends somebody to that needs towing that type of stuff i just love man i love customers i love good customer service but i i love leveled up customer service because how i feel and how it gives me good ideas to try some stuff too so who knows maybe i'll send you some roses if you consult with me (laughs) i'm not doing that i'm not doing that uh but I, i did get some good ideas out of it all right listen i've rambled on way too long i want to get out of here uh, I want to say um, uh, follow me on LinkedIn, Thurman Trotman, T-H-E-R-M-A-N-T-R-O-T-M-A-N. It'll be in the show notes. You don't got to remember, especially if you're driving right now or whatever. Um, sign up for my automate your training requests uh, process. You can find that on LinkedIn too. Or matter of fact, no, 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 no. Don't do that because you might not even need that. What you need is a one-on-one with me. Let's sit down. Let's find out what's going on. Matter of fact, this felt great because just the other day, uh, I sent the sent the email out. I said, "Look, let's grab thirty minutes on the calendar if you want to chat. Um, see if I can help you out." Uh, uh, we 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 had a session. Somebody somebody in the um, somebody signed up. We had a session, and then I was able to provide value in a quick thirty minute session. Helped him out. You know, he's on his way and he's good to go. That could be you, but you playing. <laughs> Anyway, listen, follow me on LinkedIn. Uh and uh that's it. Just follow me on LinkedIn. And if you want to, you know, start uh, a relationship in the direction of getting some support, free. It is free to talk to me. So, let's just sign up for a one-on-one. Get that knocked out. Thank you so much for listening. Uh this is the SharePoint Help Desk podcast. I will talk to you next week on Tuesday. Later. <laughs>